the Bandroom Podcast is proudly supported by Kaleidoscope Adventures. Kaleidoscope Adventures is a full-service student trip planner with more than 26 years of inspiring student travel. Dylan and I have had positive experiences on school music trips, so we both know how much these meaningful opportunities contribute to students' musical development and create lasting memories. Kaleidoscope Adventures specializes in organizing unique trips to over 40 student-friendly destinations. If you're planning a student trip, you can count on the Kaleidoscope Adventures professionals to collaborate with you to organize the perfect education or performance tour. When you're ready to plan your next adventure, visit KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. That's KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bandroom Podcast. My name is Dylan Maddox. And I'm Kate Nishimura. And Kate and I had the great opportunity this past week to be on the other side of the interview table. Mm-hmm. Because we were both invited to be uh, guests on Diversify the Stand, another of our excellent podcast colleagues. And Kate's already been like a repeat guest on this thing. But... <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> It was cool to, to, once again, do the opposite of what we usually do. Yeah, it was great. I, I have been a guest on Diversify the Stand uh, around this time last year, um, but it was a completely different conversation this time because they were interviewing the two of us um, and in the context of, you know, being podcast hosts and all that we're mm-hmm. doing. And it was, yeah, it was a great conversation. I, I felt like the conversation could have just continued to go on and I would have been happy about that. And I think those those are some of the best podcast episodes. So it was a real treat to be invited on, on their podcast. And um, the episode will be released at a later date, I think February or March. So we'll make sure to let everybody know if you're not sick of hearing us talk already, you can hear us talk a bit more <laughs> uh, about ourselves and about the podcast and diversity and... Um, and all of those wonderful things. An excellent conversation on an excellent podcast. So uh, even before our conversation comes out, you should go check out Diversify the Stand. In other news, this is kind of our first interview of 2022 because the last episode that you hopefully listened to (laughs) was uh, our Midwest one, which which was recorded before obviously 2022. Um, and today was really exciting because we got to sit down with someone I met at Midwest, mm-hmm. which is a composer and educator, Kataj Copley. And it was an excellent conversation and just getting to know him better. And as always, to hear a person's why uh, is is always a good thing and his story and hearing about his, his compositional process and all that uh, is definitely worth a listen. Yeah, for sure. It was maybe a little bit heavier of a conversation at times um, mm. compared to what we sometimes do. But I, I really appreciated, I always appreciate an artist's willingness to get real, you know, to really mm-hmm. dig deep and remember what it was that kind of sparked the decision to go into a creative practice of some kind. And just hearing about, yeah, Kataja's story and 
what moved him to start composing, to start arranging, to start just making music in general. Uh, it was it was very inspiring, and I really appreciated his willingness to share so much with us. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a great conversation. Yeah, and recently you and I, not not on record, have talked about just kind of the the why you compose. Yeah. And, and, and that it's always, it's not always a, a happy thing <laughs> uh, that, yeah. that art can really communicate, um, tough things <laughs> and, uh, uncomfortable things as well. So I think that that was a, a, a big takeaway from our conversation as well, talking to, uh, Kataj, as well as some, uh, funny things as well. It's not just, <laughs> it's yeah. not just a hard, hard conversation, oh, but totally. there's lots in there and, uh, you'll enjoy it. But before you enjoy it, would you consider doing something for us? Please consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Make sure that you've subscribed to the Band Room Podcast. Give us a like, a follow in all of the social places. Uh, make sure to share the episode with a friend or a teacher or a colleague or whoever you think may benefit from listening to this it really does help us expand our audience and our community. So thank you so much to everybody who's already taken the time to do any of these things. It, it really does help show your support to us and all the work that we're doing and lets us know that you care about what we care about and that's really meaningful to us. So thank you so much to everyone who's done that. And speaking of supporting the podcast... Yes, there's another way. There's another way. Uh, we also uh, recorded a fantastic <laughs> bonus episode with Kataj. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ever wanted to know the true story behind his piece, Haywire, my goodness. <laughs> Kataj brought us on a roller coaster of a ride mm -hmm. that is the true uh, meaning behind this. <laughs> so if you're looking for just a new way to kind of artistically see and interpret this, this piece, you should become a patron of the Bandroom Podcast. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash bandroompod to hear that, that fantastic bonus episode and many, many more, uh, as well as other uh, bonus content and, and so on. Uh, speaking of which, we have a new patron. And the, the tier that this patron chose which we're very grateful for. Um, they get a shout out on the podcast. So a huge shout out to Arquin Abaya, who I actually know because he came and did the uh, Arizona State Conducting Workshop uh, this this uh, past fall. So we're able to hang out. Um, so thank you so much, Arquin, for doing that. Arquin is a fantastic conductor and is currently doing his graduate studies at San Jose State. Um, and uh, we're very grateful for your support. And we hope that you enjoy the extra bonus content. So without further ado... <laughs> Here is our conversation with Kataj Copley. Hey, here we are for another exciting Bandroom podcast. As I've been saying for weeks, if not months, I went to Midwest. And at Midwest, I had the great pleasure of meeting many new people. And Kataj Copley, composer and educator extraordinaire, was one of them. And I warned him that we he was on our hit list to be on the podcast. So here he is. So welcome to the band room, Kataj. Thank you for having me. And yeah, you did warn me. 
I was like, maybe that'll happen, like, you know, maybe a year on the line. No, just no, no, no. the next yeah. month. Great. Yeah. We move fast. <laughs> and the rest of you, you know who you are. I'm coming next for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's so great to have you here. And uh, we'll start where we always start. Where, why, and how did your musical journey begin? So I kind of put my musical journey into like two chapters. Um, well, really three. It's the real like beginning for me. Uh, that's chapter one. And that's mm -hmm. my time in a band. Um, when I first started in sixth grade, they placed us all in a room. And they said, hey, come and join band. And everyone was like either going to be like for it or not really for it. I was for it because uh, growing up, I always enjoyed music in some form, in some way. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed just the colors that I could create. And for me, picking an instrument was really easy because um, one of my very, like, few memories I remember as a, as a very young kid was the opening theme to uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Um, when I was, gosh, I want to say when I was like five wow. and just hearing that saxophone line go off, I wanted to play the saxophone. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's the reason. And so that, that's kind of like the small beginning to picking up the horn mm -hmm. and, um, becoming a, um, a young musician the second part is, I think, my why and, and also how. So when I was a freshman in high school, I had a, had a very tough time um, dealing with family and dealing with um, my own health. Right. Um, for... Um, at home, it was really bad because uh, things were happening with my family that I didn't um, have any control of, but it affected me. Basically, we were um, homeless for a while, and I couldn't really like express any of the feelings that I had right. um, at school, yeah. and mentally, I felt like it was my fault, and... Because I wanted to stay at my school, wanted to still be with my friends, yeah. and again, took the blame on myself at a very young age. And so that was happening around um, ninth grade. Now, to kind of go back on the story, while music, I loved it, I really wanted to be a, um, oddly enough, I wanted to be a film, comp um, film director, oh, sorry. Cool. And I wanted... To do that, so I started writing um, like short films, and at school, and also out of school, I was um, being made fun of because of that. Mm -hmm. I still don't understand why um, people made fun of it. I mean, if it was bad, it was bad. But <laughs> like, go ahead and tell me. Yeah. Don't say it like behind my back or yeah. anything like that, and. Added on to that, where people literally crushed my dream of that 
aspect. And again, the whole family side was rough. I didn't have a voice. Um, I felt like I didn't have a yeah. voice. And for um, my sophomore year of high school, that really kicked in to a 10. And I felt like, what's the point in doing anything? What's the point in taking the next breath? And so I had to basically figure that out for a year of, do I even want to continue just this thing called life? Yeah. And then my junior year of high school was the turnaround because we had a new band director, uh, Mr. Chris Carr, um, and he wanted us to do chamber music. Mm-hmm. And again, I had no drive to do anything. So my group came in late. Like we made it like a ragtag group. <laughs> So it was me on tenor saxophone, um, my friends on tuba, two tenors, and a clarinet. That's that. That was before flex band pieces. So <laughs> breaking new ground yeah. before it even broke. We, wow. We didn't know what to do, and then something told me. I don't know what universal power told me to just say it in front of the group. I can write something. Yeah. I can arrange something. It was some kind of energy. And at that moment, it chose me to do that. And my first arrangement was Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. (laughs) Starting big. (laughs) Yeah. And I say this all the time, but even though it wasn't my my music, I was able to express myself in a way that I could never have thought of. I was able to tell a story for the first time and feel proud of it. And when we did the whole concert, it was wonderful. And that opportunity was just really big for me. Yeah. And I never went, I never went back after that. <laughs> I knew at that point being able to tell the, tell a story was important for me. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I just wanted to, I just wanted to write. Yeah. I wanted to be, a person who can tell stories that are different and that are personal to me. And so that's my how, in a way. And I guess the part three now is the why am I still doing this? (laughs) But um, I'm doing this for for the people who um, who need a chance to tell their story who don't feel as though they can't speak. I'm doing this for my family to tell them, like, I was able to do this. I got out of this dark place, but I was able to give the world some music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. What? <laughs> this is only the first question, guys. This is only <laughs> the first question. <laughs> I'm already got chills. Yeah, but that's th- awesome. thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, uh, first you. thing I'll say is it's funny how necessity sometimes is the birth of creativity in the case for you, you know, needing that piece. And um, and the story of of you getting into band um, is sadly not a, um, you know, it's it's one that we've heard before. Um, and to hear to hear how that became a, a vehicle for you and a, and a place for you is, is a really great thing. And it's, it's a very sad thing to hear about. But I'm so glad that that you were able to find that place and find those people and, and have that have that educator in your life that you know could build you up and not tear you down like 
the stupid little kids who tell, who tell you they're like vicious. Kids are vicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. It's but <laughs> those kids they are not currently doing anything with their lives. So. Exactly. That's why I love going home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say they were probably just jealous of, you know, you had big ideas as a young person, you know, coming up with your own ideas for films and stuff like that's something that not every kid does. So uh, often it's those of us that kind of go against the grain and and try to think big and do our own thing um, that are ostracized for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell a kid you know, to take that as a compliment. But hopefully now you can see like, oh yeah, they just, they didn't really get it. But it's it's awesome that you've found a way to kind of bring that creative energy and all of the ideas that you were having into what you do currently. Our friends at the Interprovincial Music Camp will be hosting their first beginning band camp summer of 2022. Can't read music? No problem. No experience is required. All campers ages 9 to 12 are welcome. Learn from amazing faculty like Jackie Sue and a team of specialists. They'll teach everything from instrument assembly to first notes and bring you to your first performance. You'll also get to benefit from masterclasses with world-renowned faculty to learn more about your instrument. Don't have that instrument? Also, no worries! Because instruments will be available courtesy of Long and McWade when you get to your first camp session. Choose from flute, clarinet, alto sax, trumpet, French horn, trombone, euphonium, tuba, or percussion. IMC facilities are second to none with fully equipped cabins, outstanding meals with one of the chefs dedicated to preparing meals for those with specific dietary needs. You'll have a great time learning about music, but also enjoying a true camp experience with traditional activities such as swimming, sailing, water skiing, beach volleyball, and much, much more, as well as evening programs for campers each night after the faculty concert. Register today at www.campimc.ca to learn a new instrument, be inspired, have fun, and make memories that will last a lifetime. I'm so curious about, like, have you written film music? Do you still do, like, do you still dream up ideas for movies and all that as well? Yeah. So, um, um, I'm happy to be at UT, um, and they have a film, uh, film course and I took it, um, last semester. It was great. And my professor really liked my work. And so we're setting up this, um, this, I guess, this partnership with um, a film college out in California, and basically um, three composers meet with three film directors, and we score their movies. So that's like the starting ground for film composition. So in a way, I did write for movies. There you go. It all came around. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing about like partnerships where it's, you know, student composers and student filmmakers kind of working together because there's so much to be learned from those kinds of collaborations. So that's, that's awesome that you've had the chance to do that. We were going to ask as well, just in general about your experience uh, in grad school at UT Austin and studying with Omar Thomas, who we are huge fans of. And of course, everybody listening to 
this podcast, who's in this community, knows of him and his music. And so we're really curious to hear about what your experience has been like. Yeah, with Omar, it's been an experience that I've needed for for so long. Um, just to hear his like his words like a wise basically he's a wise jedi essentially yeah. <laughs> and i'm just i'm here to soak up all the padawan. knowledge that he has <laughs> yeah i'm just I'm, i am the padawan <laughs> i'm here for his knowledge and his experiences it it's really changed a lot of my um ideas of what kind of music can i write i remember we were in one lesson and i had presented this piece and there was this one aspect of, of the piece, this snare drum line. It was so generic. And I got mad. I was like, this doesn't sound like, me. like it took me to find that breakdown of this does not sound like me anymore. Um, what's going on? And so we had like a heart to heart about who, um, what kind of music do I like and why do I have a barrier between that music and band music. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Why can I not incorporate that? So he's pushing me with each lesson that we have. He's pushing me to break that barrier that I've set up, that a lot of people have set up, and just, just let it go. And then just create something that is, that is just me, that is just unique. So with Omar, I've been trying to find my voice even though I found my voice a while back, but again, you don't know what you sound like until you find yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. basically. And so this this journey that I've been on here at UT was me rediscovering who I am and what I do. Yeah. Right. That's great. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, so you mentioned there is a barrier between like the music that you like, that you like to listen to, and then the kind of, music that you've been writing, what is that music that you like and how have you been able to um, bring that into your work? I want to talk about the barrier, I guess, that mm -hmm. I, I built and like just being around things have just built around me. My first couple of pieces were just young and carefree. Um, they were, they were wild. Um <laughs> And then, and then as I got um, um, into school and learning more about forms and different types of writings from the past, it started to just break it down to create this nice structure version of me. But I started to lose a little bit of the music that I, I grew up of, off of and mm -hmm. I connect with. Um, I no names here, but like I started going off of like generic ways of writing rhythms and mm -hmm. the basic rhythms that everybody knows in band yeah. um, and the basic chord structures. And I just stopped um, for, for a while, for a little bit, just that bit of my essence was gone. Mm -hmm. um, but the music that I listened to um, were guys like Joe Hisaishi. Uh, Takashi um, Yoshi Matsu, those guys really brought out the colors that I love to hear. And then mm -hmm. there are people like Kamasi Washington, who is a wonderful storyteller. 
on on the saxophone. Um, just God tier saxophonist. <laughs> and then there were, um, I guess, my college influences were Hiatus Coyote, and just their way of being abstract, but also creating like these warm, warm, unique tones and unique harmonies within each other and creating like this universe of weird um quote unquote, I, like quote unquote 22nd century jazz basically okay. and just that sound and then the actual storytelling the production and just creativity of Kendrick Lamar has been like a big influence of like what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in essence, I kind of lost that for a little bit. And now it's like, bring in your hip hop influences, bring in your jazz influences and create something that is you create something that's yeah. dope, create something that's eccentric. Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah. Well, it's yeah, like, that's awesome. it's it, grad school is a wonderful thing as I'm in it as well now, again. Um, But it's also, um, there's certain kind of things with academia that tell you you should be a certain way. Or or what one thing that I've been thinking about lately is conductors telling you that you should be a certain way to the composer. I mean, I just read this Jody Blackshaw's chapter in Horizon Leads Forward. It's uh, certainly about diversity of all kinds, but diversity in composition and being a melody first composer, a rhythm, rhythm first composer, or a color uh, first composer, whatever it is, um, and kind of letting the composer <laughs> be themselves and not, because I find so often even myself saying things to composer, I'm like, well, you know, there could be a little more melody here or there could be this here. But, you know, what, as much as we value our opinions, I think sometimes we try to inspire a product that has already been created or a piece of art that has already been created. So to hear you talk about um, trying so hard to be more of yourself uh, is certainly something that's ringing true with me as well as a conductor at grad school and not not trying to look like someone else as, as, as well. I imagine too that like music that is genuine to you as the person creating it, it's going to resonate with different kinds of people in different ways. Like there are students out there, community musicians out there, who maybe they have influences that are similar to the artists that you've really enjoyed listening to as well. And they would see themselves represented in pieces that kind of bridge the gap between musical genres and musical styles. And I think there's there's room in the space for all kinds of music in all kinds of formats. So I'm really excited that you're doing that kind of work, that you're finding ways to, you know, bring in elements of yourself and who you are into the work that you create. Because I think it just, you can always tell when someone really loves what they've made and (laughs) uh, versus when you've done something because you think that's what you're supposed to do, right? So that's really great. It seems like almost every episode we talk about the importance of community. Often maybe our guests bring it up to why they became interested in band. Community is a big part of why many of us do what we do. 
Absolutely, and that's why I love our new partnership with the Canadian Band Association, to share an opportunity for you to be part of a national community of band directors, musicians, and educators. And becoming a member is easy. By joining your provincial band chapter, you automatically become a member of the Canadian Band Association. No matter if you're in British Columbia, Newfoundland and Labrador, or anywhere in between, there is a band association for you. Yes, even my homeland of Prince Edward Island. They started a new one, which is very exciting. Membership benefits include access to the Canadian Winds Journal, monthly e-news, national insurance program, national youth band audition discounts for students, access to national awards and musician certificates. Not to mention all the great events your own provincial chapters will hold. Conducting workshops, community band events, reading sessions, workshops, and more. Support band and music education in Canada through supporting the work being done by your local chapter. To learn more about how you can become a member of the Canadian Band Association, visit canadianband.org chapters to find info on how to connect with your provincial chapter. That's canadianband.org chapters to learn how you can be part of the Canadian Band community. Speaking of really great and other really great people, <laughs> um, that the booth that I met you at was a very specific booth, and that was the um, the Millennium Composers Initiative booth. Uh, so we're wondering if you could kind of speak about your involvement with this organization, what it's about. You don't have to tell us all who are involved in it, but you know, there's there's some familiar names and faces. Yeah. So I um, was brought into NCI. Um, I want to say in twenty twenty twenty. And it's a great organization of people just coming together and finding new opportunities to create new music and work and collaborate with other ensembles and to collaborate with each other. Um, honestly, it's kind of like a, a melting pot of different ideas and different um, styles and seeing what comes out of that and what gets... Um, spread to the world guys like kevin day and harrison j collins like they're there they're rocking everybody in there is rocking <laughs> and i was i was happy to be there happy to um join in i'm i feel like a youngling um sometimes <laughs> just talking but seeing like how everyone just connects with each other there and understands that we're all just trying to create something and bring it out to the world so that it could live on beyond us. I feel as though that's why I really wanted to join the MCI was mm -hmm. just the idea and listening to other people create and tell their stories. Cause I feel like the, the number one role of a composer is to be a storyteller of the influences that have affected them or the people around them. Yeah, well, I, I think it's uh, a fantastic organization. And um, after I got back from Chicago, Kate and I got together and just talked about it. And I, I was talking about like the the need <laughs> to like want to go hang out with the the big people and you know you know do the Midwest thing. But also, I had kind of had this eye opening time where um, I realized the importance of your colleagues that are of your generation. 
that are of not of your age group necessarily, but to foster those relationships when we're all at, all around the same kind of level. So, just, so to see that in MCI and seeing everyone support each other and not only be it through music business stuff, but also artistically uh, is, has been a fantastic thing to see. And just at the beginning of, of a career or even, even just not at the very beginning, but in the early stages, you know, while you're getting established and getting connected and everything, it can be, it can be isolating sometimes and it can be overwhelming to know like how to approach certain situations and um, how to start to get your music out there and stuff. So I, I think just having a network of people that are going through similar kinds of situations is such a valuable thing to have, um, you know, to be able to bounce off ideas uh, off of each other and just support each other in a lot of ways. I, I really admire that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I'm, the whole idea of support is so it, it's essential. I numerous times where I've called um, Kevin and be like, hey, should I do this? Or <laughs> what's this? Who is this person? Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you, big brother Kevin, on that one. See, and, it was like probably right before doing this podcast. You're like, what's this thing about? Should I do this? Kevin, yeah. should I do this? <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the the band room podcast. Yeah. What's wrong with Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Dylon? <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Kevin Day, uh, listeners of this podcast will have heard uh, the episode where we got a chance to chat with him and, uh, you know, everyone knows that we're big fans, but we also know that you, Kataj and Kevin have been involved with this social justice consortium as part of the California Band Directors Association. So we were wondering if you could tell us a bit about the piece that you wrote for this and just the, the story behind it, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah. So, my piece for this consortium um, deals with my emotions and uh, for for a lot emotions um, that happened um, after the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, my piece is titled "When Heaven Cries." With mine, I wanted to create this scenery of a storm, a storm of tears and pain in the beginning um the piece starts off very very dissonant um which is not usual of my kind of Mm -hmm. uh, writing Mm -hmm. but i this is not a usual situation yeah (laughs) um so i wanted to create that scene it was almost cinematic of that um of rage and anger and bits of almost shock Mm -hmm. Um, there, there's this one moment in, I guess the big, big climax where just the one bit where you get this, um, in a sea of minor, minor harmony, you get this one bit of major harmony, um, just the major sound. And for me at that moment, it's the idea of saying that everything is okay. There's no need to fix it. Everything's okay. And while that's happening, everything else is going into chaos for just that one moment of that false reality of this is okay. This is, this is, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with this death. There's nothing wrong with, with injustice. Mm-hmm. 
and it's broken down again, like tearing that apart. Like, no, there is an issue here. There is, there's something bigger than all of us. And at, after the, after the big moment of the piece, it switches tones because this piece deals with two dualities. One with the idea of what's going on in earth and the um, celestial kind of thing of what's happening in heaven. And mm-hmm. so the second part of the piece is more of a processional into heaven for the mm-hmm. ones, the lost souls that were in pain, but now are not in pain. Um, while we are still fighting our battle down here, they can relax. They can, they're, they're free. Mm-hmm. Their pain is gone right now. And the full title of the piece is When Heaven Cries, There's a Storm, but after the storm comes the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment of the rainbow. This is the moment for them to have their exhale, their 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 peace. And while we're still by fighting this battle, they can they're they're done fighting. They've given their all. And so, again, I want to tell stories that aren't usually told. Um, and to give the voice to a person who, who needs it. Mm-hmm. There, um, there's a kid that's going to play this piece years from now. And, or even when the piece is premiered. That will finally be like, finally, we can talk about this. We can talk about situations like this. Mm-hmm. And this is a story that was on my mind. I know it's on the mind of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to be able to tell these stories and important stories such as mental health stories and equal rights stories that's basically my path yeah of the again the why for my musical journey yeah is to tell those stories well thank you for telling this story and all of the stories that you are sharing through you know through this conversation through the music that you create through the work that you do in the community i think it's it's really just important for all of us to be amplifying voices that aren't typically heard and art and music is one of the best ways to do that so as as much as i can i can tell that there's so much emotion involved in this story in this piece just from hearing you speak about it um, and as a composer myself i understand the process of translating uncomfortable difficult emotions into music that others are going to interact with and how difficult that can be. So I think it's wonderful that you've been able to create something from all of this chaos and all of these feelings and create something for everybody to be able to reflect on and think about. And yeah, just like you said, opening up a dialogue about things. Um, I think there's a lot in this world that is uncomfortable to talk about. And sometimes 
a piece of music could be a catalyst for a conversation that may not have happened otherwise. So yeah, just thank you for, for doing the work that you're doing. I think it's really great. For a second time, you've given us another beautiful why. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I think about, especially recently, I've been thinking about how um, often we want comfy art, <laughs> but I think when art has the most impact, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And I thank you for, for your willingness to tell uh, this story and um, your willingness to put yourself out there because I don't think people realize what writing a piece like this is because so many different kinds of peoples will be playing it, right? Um, so thank you so much for telling the story and, and, and your willingness to share it. Uh, I think it's really important. And I'm so glad that, that Arizona State is, is involved with the, with the consortium, hopefully doing these pieces really soon, which is really exciting. Speaking of pieces, I, I had, I've had a discussion about you recently um, with uh, – Oh, I'm uh, scared. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> about a conductor friend, friend. About just your vast output. I mean you have uh, over 60 pieces now, including 25 for band. Uh, so we're just wondering what is your creative process like and how have you managed to create um, so much work in such a relatively short time? And I, and I realize it's, it's easy for me to say so much – You've created so much, but you've created so much quality work in such a short time. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, I just sit down and, you know, it just just comes out there and it just happens. I just, mm-hmm. it, I throw it onto the screen and then boom, it goes on. <laughs> but no. Um, it's that easy, folks. <laughs> it is that easy. Um, no, but I guess my creative process starts with... Um, the story of what I want to talk about. Yeah. And, um, and for me, it's all about the story of what, what is it that this piece or what am I, what, what do I want to write about? Um, often it's usually about a topic that's never really talked about or is talked about, but not as much, or it's about someone who's helped me along the way or someone that I really want to pay homage to or even a word, just the um, idea of a word. So I'm always thinking about the stories, and I use composition as kind of like a dear diary with that. It's like, dear diary, today is this, <laughs> or today I want to write um, this. And I go in um, with that idea. Now with my speed, it's from uh, my time in the chamber ensemble in high school. Because once we did the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, it was like, oh, we're going to definitely do this as a group. Um, but we need more music. So I was like, all right, just tell me what songs you guys want to do. <laughs> and I will attempt to do it. And so we went from having like one or two songs in the catalog to me getting able, um, me knowing like how to use the software really fast to where we had um, a Christmas catalog. And that was very interesting. <laughs> Um, we had a Christmas catalog, we had a, a movie catalog, and we were able to just go out into the, to the, to the city of Carrollton and just go play at, uh, weddings. We did a couple of church gigs and, um, we did the superintendent state conference based off of just music that we just liked. So like. We'd had a group chat, and it'd be like, "Hey, Kataj, I just watched uh, Les Mis. 
can we do uh, I Dream to Dream? I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I just watched Willy Wonka. Can we do Pure Imagination? Okay, cool. <laughs> we we just did something in jazz band. Can you do Girl from Ipanema? Okay, cool. <laughs> Got it. Um, and just having that short amount of time to do that. So when I go on to the software, I have to plan it out kind of like that. And then when I went to my own um, compositions, I um, to start just with anything, I always start with a melody. And then from there, um, I work out the harmony. And the harmony is usually the colors that guide through that guide me throughout the piece. Um, happy that I have uh, a weird condition, but you know it's my <laughs> condition, um, uh, chromiesthesia or synesthesia, <laughs> some call it. And so I use the colors that I see to kind of fit around the story and let the colors kind of guide me through either the harmony or the rhythms and essentially at the end create this weird painting that is this piece called Haywire or Hurry or something something of that nature. So, yeah, it starts with the story or the theme that I want to talk about, melody, and then from there, it's using these and this to, well, my eyes and my heart, and for audio purposes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and just, like, navigating through and thankful for my time with my chamber ensemble that was able to just figure out how to write it really fast and how to just go from mind to program. Cool. Actually, you're the um, you're the second composer guest that we've had on this podcast that can see color. Giovanni Santos also. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you guys have talked about this. But. We've not talked about it, but he has mentioned that before. Right. I'm also wondering because for anyone who hasn't uh, visited Kataj's website, he has some of the most beautiful piece covers I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. So, do your covers have anything to do with the color that you see? Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of treat um, my covers like Final Fantasy, like titles. <laughs> so if you yeah. if you ever played Final Fantasy, they literally give you the whole story with just the title of it. And so I try to put the color that I see with the with with the with the cover, mm-hmm. and just make it be like, ah, there's a spoiler here. It's this kind of <laughs> color. <laughs> You're probably not going to get it unless you talk to me about it. But, right. yeah, this is called Riptides. And guess what? It's the color blue. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's you awesome. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're even just like the web, the website page where it lists all the pieces. It's like each one is a different color. It's like looking at like paint chips, you know, different colors for each <laughs> thing. And, I yeah, I, I'm excited to know where that is kind of rooted in because I thought, wow, that's just, this is so aesthetically pleasing. So (laughs) yeah, another spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool to hear you talk about the, uh, the chamber group stuff because it it actually reminds me of talking to film composers and people who have written commercial music and things like that, where it's like you, you have to write, you know, for this particular cue, like, I don't know, in an hour or, you know, we need this music for this advertisement tomorrow or in two days or something. And just, I think people in that side of the music industry get 
so fast. You know, they're able to come up with ideas so quickly because of just this pressure of doing so. And it's it's funny that you had that kind of an experience just among your peers and that you were, I mean, you obviously were enthusiastic enough about it to say yes to all those requests. <laughs> so <laughs> you had you had good practice being the uh, resident arranger of that group, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Carol's in high school, resident artist right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've said this a couple times, but I've, I've always had this dream of doing a whole concert of composers' first pieces. <laughs> Even if it's like the worst thing ever, I just think it would be very <laughs> exciting to do. So maybe we'll open it with Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Arranged for is. tenors and clarinet and tuba or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. The 5 4 chamber ensemble. I'll get, th- I'll get the grant forget. money. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I have that, that file anymore. Yeah, for for reasons yeah. I don't have that file, <laughs> and this is why my idea will never come to fruition. But yeah. <laughs> well, we have sadly reached the end of our conversation here. It's it's been delightful to get to know you a little bit and hear more about your music and your process, and and most importantly, your why. I mean, I know Dylan is so big on asking people, "What's your why?" and he didn't even have to ask it this time. You yeah. shared so <laughs> willingly unprompted. <laughs> um, but before we get to our our last question, I'll just remind our listeners that we are going to go on to record a very fun, exciting bonus episode with Kataj about a mystery topic. No, it's not a mystery topic. You're going to no, tell it'll us. It'll change your life. You're going to tell us the, the secret program notes to a piece, <laughs> um, which yes. is, is very exciting. Uh, so... You can go if you want to listen to this uh, this bonus episode and all of the other bonus episodes that exist in our back catalog now. You can go to patreon.com slash bandroompod. But before we get to that, one last question for you, Kataj. If you could give one piece of advice to composers or musicians in general, what would it be? It can be two oh. or three. Okay, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> I was struggling with two. Uh, we always that, just um, ask for one, but you know, it's it's okay if there's a few. <laughs> okay, so um, I live by this mo- this this mantra. Um, well, the first one is it's this is this lifestyle that I just I I know because um, when when I was in that dark time of um, trying to escape. Um, just that dark area. Um, my mental health was really bad at the time, and so mm-hmm. I started doing meditation. And this mantra that still sticks with me is: strive to be happy, uh, strive to be humble, strive to be heard, and then you can strive for the highest. Hmm. That um, that's carried with me for a long time. The idea mm-hmm. of Humility is a very interesting topic um, because some people, they'll be too humble and then some people will boast on and on. Um, The idea of being heard, you can talk as much as you want, but you can't back it up if you don't have anything. Or you can have everything and not say anything and you can't defend yourself. Striving to be happy, it's, it's either or. You can be really happy and not get not really doing anything and just 
be happy being where you're at. Or you can be miserable trying to do something that you don't love. Yeah. So if you can find that balance, it just creates this kind of a mountain up to the highest part of what you can be. Mm-hmm. Find your balance of being humble. Find your balance of being heard. Speak up when you need to. When you have something that is important, speak up when you know it's important. And be happy and continue to improve. You'll be at your highest. And then the second thing is the, um, this is for any young composers, young, young composers and young musicians. Um, In life, they tell us that um, being a composer, being in the music world is not, it's not a smart decision to do. (laughs) And I live with this other mindset that passion equals profit. So the equation is 100% passion. If you love something to, to the fullest, not like 99 or 98, if you love it 100%, you will work on that, that craft to make it the best that you can. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people will see it. People will notice it. And then that's where, that's where the reward comes from it doesn't matter how much it is honestly it will happen it's just time and the amount of work that you're willing to put in if you're putting in 100% of what you believe in 100% of the love that you have in something and you put it out there for the world the world will listen back Mm -hmm. so yeah beautiful and that I think that is some advice that both Kate and I can also back up Definitely. I'm also going to steal that Passion equals profit. There's so many times we've, you know, I know all of us have had that debate with someone. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for, for sharing uh, sharing that with us. Also, I'm just so immensely grateful that we were able to meet even briefly in Chicago and that we could have you on the podcast. It's, uh, I mean, I want to have you back <laughs> because um, you've already, not only through sharing your story, but through sharing your art with us, you've just offered us so much. And I can't wait to see what the future has to hold for you. And if you haven't already, go visit Katasha's website, contact him, play his music. It's all excellent. Um, so thank you so much, Katasha, for your willingness to be on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for spending time with us in the band room. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed in today's episode, check out the links found on our website, bandroompod.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Bandroom Podcast. Give us a rating and a review and tell all your friends about how much you enjoyed it. If you really love the show, maybe you should consider becoming part of our Patreon community where you can support BRP and get some extra incentives in return. Or you can buy some sweet, sweet BRP merch, helping to offset podcast hosting costs and investments into new equipment so that we can continue to bring you great content and great people. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's on the go. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, leave us a comment on our website, bandroompod.com, where your comment might be featured on a future episode of BRP. 
Our theme music is Skyline, composed by E.K.R. Hamill and performed by Dr. Gillian McKay and the University of Toronto Wind Ensemble. Stay safe and be well, bandies. Thanks again for stopping by the band room. <laughs>